You're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the US, and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way, because I want you to have a profitable private practice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Therapy for Your Money. Today, I am talking with Mers Tariq. He is a certified financial planner and a partner at Peace of Mind Wealth Management. Mers, hi, how are you? I am good, Julie. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for the conversation. It's great to have you. Uh, So obviously, on on Therapy for Your Money, we talk a lot about... uh, all things money and finance for private practice. One of my favorite uh, topics is retirement. So I'm excited to chat about planning for the future with you today. Yeah, that sounds great. There's a, a whole lot that we could unpack here, but I'll, I'll let you drive. Yeah, sounds good. So, so let's start here. Uh, what do you think people are most scared of when they're planning for their retirement? So w- when planning for retirement, and it doesn't matter how much you have amassed, you know, you work for years and years and you dump into these plans, whether it's a 401k, whether it's a a SEP or an IRA or a self-employed type of plan, you work so hard, you put money into these plans and no matter how much money you've amassed, by the time you, you start thinking about the notion of retirement, we always get the same, the same question or the same fear, which is, uh, do I have enough? Have I saved enough? Have I done a good enough job? Uh, no matter if you have a couple hundred thousand saved up for retirement or you've got a few million saved up for retirement, it's, you, I mean, we get the question across the board. That and also uh, not knowing, not knowing what the future holds, whether, you know, it's going to be a great retirement full of travel or oftentimes the fear is, well, what's going to happen with the economy or, you know, taxes are going to be un- impossible in my retirement or healthcare, or what if there's a long-term care stay? So all the what ifs basically. Uh, so what if, you know, this happens or what if that happens when I'm retired and I'm not working in, anymore, can I, can the overall plan handle it? So that's usually the biggest fear that we see. And that's the, the, the fear that we hope to bring some type of uh, resolution to as we go through the whole planning process. So the fear does not discriminate based on how much is in the bank account. Like there's some fear at each, each stage, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Um, and it's just, once again, it's the, the, the concept of retirement, you know, you, you work hard and you, you hear about this thing called retirement and you're just working towards that goal, but you don't really ever think about what you're going to do in retirement, or you don't really think it, it's just such a huge transition that it's overwhelming. You know, let's say you're a business owner, or a small practice owner, like the, the clientele that you work with, um, you're really good at what you do. And then all of a sudden you're, you're, you get tired or you just decide I'm, I'm done. I need to retire. And there's this transitionary phase where you're like, well, how does this all work? Have I done everything right? So there's a lot of overwhelming anxiety around it, especially if you haven't taken the time to think through it with someone or, or, or done it yourself. So in your, uh, in your experience, do most people come to you and already have kind of a number in mind for retirement or they're just kind of going in blind and they're, they don't have clarity over how much they're going to need? Yeah, for the for the most part, the when we're talking to people, the majority have already done 
in our opinion, a pretty good job of saving. Uh, and they just don't realize it. They don't, they don't realize the power of what they have done already. And then what we're there to do is to, to kind of hone in and, and turn some of those, those knobs that haven't been turned yet. But um, we, we always are talking about, you know, it's not so much about the dollar amount. You know, there's formulas out there that say, hey, you should have you saved 25 times your highest paid salary by the time that you retire. Or as long as you, uh, there's something called a 4% rule. As long as you're not withdrawing more than 4% of your assets when you retire, you should be okay. And we try to uh, teach uh, away from that or against that, that there, there is no specific formula. There is no really good rule of thumb. And the whole idea is that you got to start thinking and, and working with someone or personalizing a plan for yourself. And a big part of that is, yeah, A, you know, you got to save money and how much have I amassed? That's a huge part of being able to retire. But the other part of it is, well, how am I going to spend this money when I actually do retire? Because um, you could have someone that has a few million dollars saved up for retirement, and their plan could look way worse than someone that has a couple hundred thousand saved up for retirement. It all comes down to, well, what type of income flows are they having? And also, what is their lifestyle like? If they're going to be spending $25,000 a month, and it's not sustainable, well, $3 million doesn't, doesn't mean anything, because it's going to ultimately be overspent. Whereas the other scenario where they're only, they only have a few hundred thousand, but hey, maybe they have a pension and social security that covers the majority of their expenses while all of a sudden they have a fantastic retirement plan. Okay. So lifestyle has a lot to do with this. Yeah. Big time. Okay. So what are, what are some of the things that uh, folks can do to be, to be ready for retirement? I would say, you know, there's a a few different things. Um, Most importantly, I think is to, to take interest in your, your overall future, you know, and so that's a something that I say very easily, but we ignore it. We ignore it quite a bit. And the whole reason is life gets in the way sometimes, right? Yeah. If you own your own business, you're, you're, you're constantly thinking about, well, how am I going to uh, make this business grow? How am I going to take care of my employees? How am I going to take care of my family? And so that becomes your focus. Uh, but you, 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 you're in that business for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and there's got to be a next step, which is something that we have been ingrained is that eventually you have to retire. And so we, I don't think we take enough interest in what retirement should be for us and also what that process and that path looks like. So taking a, taking a just genuine interest, like you take in your own job, it's still, you know, it's your job to retire. It's your job to make sure that you're going to be okay. Yeah, you can hire advisors and you can hire people that are going to help you through the process, but ultimately it comes down to you. And so I, the first thing is definitely, you know, understand what you've got, how it works, and then how you can make it work best for you. Uh, Another big thing, another big thing I would say is when it comes to investing, because that's a a big piece of what we do, retirement planning, and then also investing. uh, There's so many different investment strategies out there. And I'm not here to tell you that there's one better than the other because there isn't. It really comes down to what you're comfortable with, but also understanding how much risk is is associated with that type of investment. Um, So, you know, business owners typically have a higher uh, ability to withstand risk. It just comes with starting a company or starting starting your own business. So, you know, you can go and be a little bit more aggressive and, and that's completely fine. Um, sometimes we see that actually we see this all the time is that when somebody is getting ready to retire, they actually have no idea 
how much risk they have on their portfolio. And a lot of times it's way more than they thought they actually had. So there's a lot of misconceptions about uh, just overall investing. And, and especially as you're getting closer, you know, 55 plus, there should be some type of transition in your, in your, in your train of thought as far as how investing should be and what your level of risk is. So those are two major points just, you know, off the top of my head. Well, Mars, I think you, you, you hit one of the nails on the head here. There's a lot of times, like, especially early on in the life of a, a business owner, where there maybe isn't that much cash flow available, right? Where they're kind of DIYing, like, okay, let me just open this retirement account over here. Um, and, and at least they're investing for retirement. Those are all good things. But there's definitely an advantage to working with a financial planner um, or a CFP as far as looking at that big picture strategy, right? And having that conversation like, hey, it's time to reduce the risk or you probably could uh, change your asset allocation to generate more cash, right? That's that's one of the big advantages that, that comes to my mind. Anything to add there? Yeah, I mean, that that is the, the thing when you're working with an expert that in a field that is not your field, they're gonna see things that you don't see, you know? So um, well, one of the major huge questions that we get is, what have I not asked that I should have asked, you know? And a lot of times that's, well, a lot of times they've covered the basis, but um, there's just so much the, the fear of the unknown uh, when you're, when you're going into a different realm that you're not used to. So maybe you are a doctor and you know everything about the ins and outs of the body and how to, how to work with that type of clientele. But all of a sudden you've got, you've got this transition of trying to figure out, well, where's my money going to come from? I did a good job saving. How does this all work? How does this all play out? So the smartest IQs in the world, and it's just something out of their realm and they haven't had to work with it at all. You know, that's where the, 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 the transition becomes difficult. And that's where it makes great sense to have that strategic partner, whether it is a, an advisor or a, a tax person or whatever, to kind of help you through the things that, you know, you're not supposed to be an expert at, you're an expert at something already. Uh, And a financial planner uh, can also help you figure out if you've got any blind spots, Uh, like life insurance is a big one where you're, you're not necessarily um, a life insurance broker, but you can evaluate the, the big picture, right? Like, do you have what you need and then point people in the right direction? Same thing with like, estate management? Do you have a will? Do you have all the different pieces that you need to protect yourself and your family? So that's one of the things I love about working directly with a, a financial planner. Um, so anything else that, that uh, people should be doing to get ready for retirement? Yeah. So I think, I think the biggest step, and there, there's ways to do it online. Ideally, you're doing it with someone who has, has been doing this for a very long time, but starting that process of figuring out what your retirement plan is going to look like. And, you know, you work with a lot of um, uh, business and practice owners. And so, you know, part of that is, well, how am I going to phase out of the company? Is that going to be me selling the company to sometimes a family member, or is it going to be selling outside? Uh, And then what type of cash flow is that going to generate? Um, and, and, you know, kind of playing, playing out, well, what is my actual age goal here, setting a goal of retirement. Once you have that goal, well, then, then we can start working backwards and say, okay, if we're planning on retiring at 67 and and phasing out of this company, well, what do we have to do 
what assets do we have to amass? And let's say, you know, that person is in their fifties and they, they've just gotten to a point where the company is really, really making some good money. And now they have the ability to say, really start contributing to different types of plans or life funding, life insurance or whatever it is to catch them up for the years that the company was barely staying afloat, which we see all the time. Um, so I think really it's, you, you got to find, you got to know when you want to retire. Ideally, nothing ever works perfectly, but you got to know when you relatively, when you want to retire. And then that gives us a goal to reach. And then we can start working backwards and say, okay, well, in order for this to happen, these other things have to happen in between or during this whole process. So one of the things that comes up often in the work that we do with practice owners is a lot of them have the goal of getting their practice to a point where they can sell it. Typically it's sell it to either someone else who's uh, just starting out or like a bigger, a bigger practice hospital group, something along those lines. So that typically means there's a lot of cash coming in all at once, a couple million in, in a lot of cases, we just had a client sell their practice maybe two or three weeks ago, not pretty recently. Uh, so when something like that happens, like let's say they were sitting down with you tomorrow. Like, where do you start that conversation? Yeah. So I think it all comes back to the goals and what, what is the overall goal now that, now that we have this deal in place that we're going to be receiving a few million from the sale of this business. Well, what are we doing next? Um, I'll tell you, we have, we mainly work with um, more corporate people that have individuals that have had careers at corporate places and they, they roll over their 401k to us. And here's what happens is that they, they retire and they think that they would have been happy in retirement, but they end up going and starting another, uh, starting a company on their own, a consulting business or something like that. And so the, the question, what I'm getting to here is, well, if, if we're going to sell this business, what's the next step for this person? Is it to start working again and starting another business. It seems like, you know, entrepreneurs, it doesn't just go away for a lot of entrepreneurs, <laughs> right? So it's in your they, blood, we, right? Yeah, it's in your blood. I, I grew up in it. My father, entrepreneur, uh, he owns a construction company and he's almost 70 and still doing it and always looking for different avenues in which he can expand. So it doesn't go away. Um, and so the question is, well, what's next for this person? Is it going to be to, you know, try something new, or is it to actually retire? Once we know that, well, then we've got a significant amount of money that we can actually make a plan around and have a whole investment process around that, whether it's being in the stock market, whether it's using other instruments, uh, that, that it allows us to really start having that conversation. And then, then you build out the whole retirement plan around, around those assets that have accumulated. And we say, all right, we're retiring now. Here's what we have to do to make this work. And we start pulling a bunch of numbers. What is Social Security going to bring in? Uh, how many, what do we have in tax deferred assets versus this cash that's coming in from the, the sale? And then we come up with a whole income strategy for retirement. Um, so it's, a, it's, it's always exciting when you sell your business, but it's just another, another step along the process is, well, what's next? And so when your when your clients are getting ready to retire, do you typically give them a budget uh, as far as what what they need to live on and do they stick to it? Yeah, that's a that's a good one. So <clears throat> I would say nine times out of 10, we do not have to give them a budget. So the, what our process looks like is they're coming to us and they say, hey, I've got this amount of money. I've got this house. Maybe it's paid off. Maybe it's going to be paid off in the next five years. 
um, and whatever other liabilities they may have. And so we add all that up and, and they tell us, they say, hey, I'm, I'm spending about 6,000 a month, 8,000 a month, $10,000 a month, whatever that number is. And so we say, we basically say, is this sustainable or not? So we don't, we have had to in the past go through the budget line by line, but that's very rare. Okay. Um, a, a lot of times when someone has done such a good job of accumulating assets, they typically are not heavy, heavy spenders and not over, uh, overspending their lifestyle, if that makes sense. But every now and then we have to kind of needle through and understand what the budget is and also, you know, how long that piece is going to be in place. So sometimes I, we've come across the, a family that's spending twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month. But once we talk to them, we understand, well, it's actually only for four years to get the kids, multiple kids through college Got it. or something like that. So the majority of time we don't, we don't ever have to give them a budget. We don't like doing that. That's kind of, that's kind of like anti don't, don't come to this financial advisor. Cause he's going to tell you how much he's going to, how much you're allowed to spend. We just say, Hey, here's, if this is what your spend rate is, here's how this is going to play out. And then here's you get how to, long you can live. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so then the question is, well, how can I fix this? And it, it, it's all, it's almost self-answering. Well, there's really one of two ways you can work longer. If this is the lifestyle that you want to keep up, you can work longer, save more, and maybe that'll work. Or we can take a deeper look at your budget. And that's usually the answer if that is ever the issue. Got it. Okay. Um, and so before we started recording, you mentioned that your firm does active investing versus passive investing. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? What each one is? Yeah. So Passive investing, I would say, is the most common way of investing, um, just by the nature of how anyone gets into the stock market. Uh, pretty much what you're doing is, is if you work at a company, you usually have access to a 401k. Or even if you start a little bit younger, which a lot of kids are doing right now with, um, I'm sure you may have heard about the GameStop stuff or yeah. uh, Robin Hood. So you can do this on apps now, whereas it used to be you had to go log into an account on a computer or call a stockbroker or something like that. Um, but the whole concept is you buy something, you pick a stock, you pick a mutual fund, and then you just hold it and you ride the ups and downs. And ultimately, ideally, over time, it's going to make some money. And that is really the passive investment style. So go back to the, the company-sponsored 401k plan that you may have. Uh, you, what, you're, what you're taught to do is just say, all right, let me put a chunk of money into this index, which is maybe the S&P 500. Let me put a chunk of money into bonds, a chunk of money into international stuff. And then I've got this pie that I've created that's well diversified in different areas of the stock market. And then you just let it go. And you keep adding money to it. You keep rebalancing and you just let it go and do its job. And hopefully it works. Hopefully it grows over time. And that works. That works very well for a lot of people. Um, when we're talking about people that are close to retirement or already retired, the one thing that they do not typically want to deal with, and this is what attracts people to our philosophy, is they don't want to deal with the 2008s or go more recent, the last year, 2020 where the S&P 500 fell by 34% in the matter of less than two months. Uh, because why? They have retired or they're pretty close and they say, my earning years are done. I've got what I've got. I need to preserve this. And so that's where active management comes into play. 
which is where we have the ability where we're purely numbers based. We're looking at trends and we're saying, okay, there let's be invested if there is a reason to be invested. So right now the markets are doing well, we are invested. Now drill that down further. Where are there, where is the place to be invested? So a quick little story last year, 2020, the markets were doing okay in January and February. And then we had the coronavirus, the pandemic hit everything, everything started to crumble. And so our methodology got us out of harm's way. We went to cash in at the beginning of March and we sat in cash. All of our clients sat in cash for about 45 days until we could see what was going on until we, what we didn't know was going to happen, which is the Fed stepped in and they did a lot of buying in the market and they propped up the economy. We didn't know that was going to happen. That 34% could have become 50% or 60% of a sell-off, but it didn't because of something that we didn't know was going to happen, which is the Fed stepping in. So we got back into the markets, had a great year by the end of the year. But what happened at, after, say, April of last year is there was a transition of the place to be in the market, which was the companies that were essentially surviving, your big Amazons, anything online like Zoom, anything that was keeping the economy and keeping the world going, which was all technology, all large cap companies. So we shifted our portfolio in that direction, had a great year. I'll transition to this year just to kind of finish the story of how, how active management uh, can work in, in, in tough times. And so we ended the year last year pretty much invested in large cap and technology stocks. Well, the story changed and we saw the story changing just by knowing the numbers and looking at the trends. And it turns out that technology this year has been not the best place to be. Large cap this year has been not the best place to be. It's actually been your smaller companies, your small cap, your mid cap positions. And so we shifted our portfolio that way the 1st of January. And it has been, it has paid off significantly. Now we're in active management can mean a bunch of different things. It can mean day trading, it can mean all kinds of stuff. We're just evaluating trends. And if it means we have to make a trade, we'll make a trade. Typically, that's about once a month, if that. All we're trying to do is actively monitor what's going on in the markets, whereas passive is more, hey, let's buy into a bunch of different places in the market and let's just hold it, knowing that over time, it's going to do well. For retirees, it's kind of, well, I don't have that much time. What if I retire and we walk into a 2008 and I'm down 50%? Do I have to go back to work? How much do I have to cut my budget? You know, so uh, there's different strategies out there for everyone. So I would just say, you know, evaluate what you're most comfortable with. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. So, so I, I did want to ask a clarifying question. So you don't necessarily trade like every every month at the beginning of the month. It just kind of depends on what's going on in the market. If there's a need to change your strategies, did I understand that correctly? That that is correct. Yeah. So we will. We're evaluating on different time segments as far as what's going on in the market. And if we are going to make a trade, just a, a swap, uh, say, say technology goes out of favor and energy comes into favor, that's probably going to happen somewhere at the beginning of the month because we like to give stuff some, what we say, time to breathe and see how, how a trend is actually um, developing. So usually that does happen closer to the beginning of the month. But let's say you know, everything starts to fall apart on uh, May 30th or the middle of the month. Well, we, we have no problem making a trade in the middle of the month if we have to. But, you know, we're not, we're not buying stock, individual stocks. 
We're not buying Apples. We're not buying Amazons. We're buying exchange traded funds, which are going to have Apples and Amazons and Microsofts within them, uh, but they're a bigger group of stocks. And so uh, when we make a trade, we're trading one position out that has about a thousand stocks within it. Um, and, and it's not, sometimes we get the, we get told that that's market timing and that's not what we're doing at all. We're identifying trends, whereas market timing is kind of guessing as to, you know, what is the top and what is the bottom. Got it. Thank you for that. That was a, that was helpful. Um, so Merz, before we go, I do have one last question that I ask most of our guests. What is your favorite business book and why? Ooh. Putting you on the spot here. Yeah. Favorite business book. I'm trying to think, I know, um, mainly because I've seen him speak at a conference that I've been to, uh, his name is Michael Lewis and he's written quite a bit. Uh, I don't know necessarily business oriented, but I, I would put him in the educational world. Um, and he's written one of my favorites is, uh, flash boys. It's, and it goes back to understanding how the stock market works at, and this was years ago that he wrote that book, but it, 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 he talks a lot about how, you know, inside it, it goes all over inside information and the, the quickness of technology and everything like that and how that makes a huge impact on the ability to make a trade, um, which has changed significantly since he wrote that. But it's a really good understanding. But really anything Michael Lewis, I mean, he wrote some books that it turned into movies like The Big Short, which is a uh, huge story there. And also Moneyball, uh, the Brad Pitt movie eventually. Oh you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, a uh, he's gotten some really good books out there that also have turned into movies, but the way that he tells a story and you, you end up learning something I think is just awesome. So the, I think the, the book you referred to is flash boys, a wall street revolt. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Maris, thanks so much for your time today. Tell our listeners where they can find out about uh, you and Peace of Mind Wealth Management. Sure. Yeah. Julie, thanks for having me. Um, Our website is pomwealth.net. The POM stands for peace of mind. So pomwealth.net. We have a podcast as well called Secure Your Retirement. We talk about all things financial, uh, legacy planning, and lifestyle in retirement. And then if you're on our website, we have a a masterclass that my partner, Raiden Stansel, and I re-recorded to talk about how do you retire? And it's called Three Keys to Secure Your Retirement. It's a free class. So if you're on the website, you can click on that. And uh, it's about a 45-minute ordeal. And then, you know, you can go from there. All right. Thanks so much for your time today. It was great to chat with you. All right, Julie. Thank you very much for having me. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.